podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Pleasure to be here. Pleasure to teach with you, as always. Um, I was thinking that we could uh, you could shed some light on how did you get into uh, seminars and how your way went up to uh, nearly 300 seminars within 10 years. <laughs> yes, you you didn't forget about it. Mix things a little bit up, but um, it will be about 300 more than 300 seminars by the end of next year if everything happens what i scheduled up okay. to then okay so 260 seminars by now yeah something like that so some more this year and i hope my wife doesn't doesn't hear that so 27 28 next year she she, she heard it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then um, it will be 301 seminars by the end of next year. That is crazy. It's amazing. So how did you get into the seminars? Um, yeah, back then I was a competition fighter and I won I won this, this tournament. And then this guy came up to me and said, hmm, I like what you do. Would you like to come and teach in my dojo, uh, um, uh, train in my dojo? And I said, okay. Let's do that. I drove this 50 kilometers and went into his dojo and everything started with point fighting like in the tournaments. I don't want to sound arrogant, but I was the best in this training. And then the trainer told me, okay, no Kisa Mizuki, no Yakuzuki, no Mawashi and no Uraken. And my karate was gone and everyone was better than I was. And they were clinching, elbowing, kneeing, locking, throwing, such stuff. And <laughs> young Christian didn't know that this is karate. And, mm. and I was so amazed. And I asked if I can come back. I want to learn this. And I kept on going to the seminar, uh, to, to the tournaments, but I wanted to learn this. And it was kind of a long way. And the teacher and I became very close friends. And he took me to every seminar he was teaching. And I was very well known as the guy who is getting punched and thrown and so on. Is your name Martin, by the way? <laughs> yes, <laughs> kind, kind, of, kind of the same role. Yeah. And yeah, someone, my um, teacher was not able to teach a certain seminar. And the host said, okay, Christian, if you like to, to come, then you can. Would you like to do the seminar instead of him? And then I started slowly with some people. I think the first seminar I did was six participants. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then when I did my first Dan test in the German Karate organization, I had to write an essay. And this essay was called Karate Praxis. Mm -hmm. oh, and most of essays are ending up in a bookshelf or in a cupboard somewhere. And I asked my teacher, would you like to support me in doing what I've written? So teaching in a practical way, uh, bringing success to every student, not in terms of trophies, but in terms of functional karate, so that they experience if they punch like this, then they can transfer power. If they kick like this, then can have this result, how it is to 
hit and kick someone or get hits and kicks and everyone seemed to be happy and cheering up experiencing that their karate is practical and functional and this is what I'm doing now yeah and so I started uh, in December 2008 with the first seminar in this very dojo we were yesterday mm -hmm. um, with just some people and I went to this dojo at least once a year in the last 15 years and yeah now I've got a chance to teach internationally which is I'm something I'm very grateful that I can mm. do that. What would you like recommend to uh, people who want to get on the teaching ladder with seminars? What steps they should take? What they should look out for? Um, huh. What they should do? Be nice. Be kind. Don't be that that type of teacher we all don't like but sometimes go anyway or have to go. Just be kind, talk to everyone, be gentle and um, yeah, be a good role model. Mm. If people like you as a person and you are good as a teacher, then just start and things will develop. From my, my point of view, it's uh, patience. <laughs> it doesn't come straight away, doesn't it? It's um, taking time and we all try to be better than we are too early in the stage of teaching right because I, I started just like you I actually started a little bit differently so I was organizing seminars for my teacher so I organized seminars since 2000 mm -hmm. um, but it was usually for somebody else so I can be thrown around like <laughs> you did and like Martin is now um, and then it took me a lot of time and courage and processing to convince myself that I'm worthy to be teaching without my teacher. But have you had a, that as well, feeling that you might be not ready yet, not worthy? Why would people come to you instead of to your teacher? <laughs> no, never. I know I'm the best. No. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, the, the truth is, the, 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 the reason seminars with me are mostly not seminars with Christian Wiedewart. Um, instead, it is a Karate Praxis seminar. Mm -hmm. I was very sure that no one would like to go to a seminar with young, sporty Wiedewart. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted to create a team, um, something more than a person. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, the reason is I felt I'm not the person who people are going to a seminar for. And so I gave it a, a project name and the project name is Karate Praxis. And so it can be a seminar with me or with some other team member. In, in, in fact, mostly it's me because all the other team members don't do that much. But it's possible to ask them and... Um, yeah, we had the seminar with uh, Daniel. He done a great job. Yes, definitely. Together, so yeah. you've got a really good team. I can attest for that. And yeah, it's it's growing. So Christina, my wife, is a full member of the Karate Praxis team now. She used to be a um, 
just a wife? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not at all. She used to be an assistant trainer for a couple of years and learned about the structures and how we teach and so on and so on. And now she takes care of uh, women's self-defense and uh, karate praxis for kids program, which uh, she does really good on, on both sides. And um, yeah, Daniel, of course, and Heiko, uh, he became full full team member just recently too. He takes care of uh, self-protection and self-defense pretty mm. well. So yes, team is increasing and growing. And what I especially like is that they have learned all the processes and structures and with their own charm, with their own um, point of views, they are following the concepts we all teach. Mm. And this is what I like. So you learn the same ideas, but with a different flavor from mm. each person to the next. So one person to the next. And then going back to the question, he avoided answering the question completely. So I'm going to get him back on the track. Um, so from my point of view, when I started teaching my on my own without my teacher, um, the part of me was feeling like I'm kind of betraying my teacher. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but that, you know, oh, I'm doing now instead of his teaching, but he's my teacher, so he should be teaching instead of me. Mm -hmm. Well, when well, did you have feelings like that? And did you manage to overcome it? Did your teacher help you? Because my teacher was very um, supportive and been saying, you know, just go and do it. You, you, mm -hmm. worthy. Till he got uh, a bit more alcohol problems and then his mind changed a little bit, but that's different story. But um, he was always supportive up to that point. Was yours pushing you? Just go on, Christian, you can do it. You don't need me. Or you've been looking all the time up. Oh, I need permission. Oh, am I doing this correctly? Is a confirmation from your superior? Hmm. Um, a little bit of everything. Um, in the beginning, we, yeah, we attended this or we, we did the seminars together. He was the teacher and I was his assistant. So in giving corrections to the participants and I didn't teach. So I was just alongside. Mm -hmm. And yeah, then it started that some dojo just asked me if I would like to come. And yes, it felt strange. So being, being the one who is in charge and of course, this question, why do they ask me and not him? Mm -hmm. And how does he feel with that if I'm going alone to a place where we both had been together in the past? Um, and we didn't exactly speak about this, um, about this feeling in me that it yeah, actually felt like betrayal. But I know that... Um, at least today, he is, he is happy not traveling so far, mm. uh, driving hours and hours to, to some place. He likes to be in his home area. He doesn't go to, to um, holidays far away. Mm. He doesn't like to sleep somewhere else. Mm -hmm. he, like, he loves his wife and his dog, so he likes to be at home. And he is, I think, very proud that ideas he created and taught me are being spread in a wider scale now because it's me traveling. So um, he's 66 now, I think, I think 66, 67. 
so he's 18 years older than I am, so 67. And the last last years he repeated, um, what is it? Often, look what I've raised. Hmm. So he is kind of my kind of a father figure, and uh, this is is it's his way to say that he's proud of what I'm doing. Mm. But on the other side, he always says, don't do that much. Be more at home. Take care of your wife. Take a break every now and then. He might have a point. You know, probably parts of my brain know that he's right. But <laughs> my, my usual answer is, I don't know how to stop. Mm. I don't know how to stop. It always feels like it's, it isn't enough. It has to be more. I have to push forward. Um, he he said just recently, take a break, turn around and see what you have already done. Mm. Um, and yeah, sometimes sometimes I can do that, and I take a look back and I feel a little pride, but mostly I look forward and see. I have to do more. I have to do more. Mm. I can't stop. I need to do that. Maybe you need therapy. Uh, If I was a child today, I surely would be in therapy <laughs> and medication. Do you? I, I'm talking quite often during the seminars with the instructors and teachers, and most of them have their own unique ways of um, dealing with a uh, what do you call it? I just dropped the word now. Um, being like a pretender, pretending that you're doing. Um, <laughs> so no, I just lost the word. What's the word for it? Um, pretender? I, no, I not a pretender, it's a different word. You can you can excuse me, I lost my English in Germany. Um, uh, yes, and I've got no English in German. <laughs> in Germany. Um, ah, now it's going to be bothering me. Mm. But I know what you are talking about. So, yeah, just... so you're, not, so you're not, not worthy and why people coming here and do you have, it, have that still or you overcome it? Or if you did, how did you overcome it? Ah, okay, then I didn't understand it completely. Uh, Yes, I overcome it, I think. Um, but it is a thin line to... You, you can either think that you are not worthy, you can, on the other side, think that you are worthy and that you know what you can do and that you know that you are good and probably uh, even the best in some field and so on. But this is a very thin line. If you are too aware that you are good, mm -hmm. then it's um, most likely that you become an asshole. And one of the most important lessons I've learned from my teacher, uh, he said, the higher the rank, the nicer the person. That mm. is what you have to be. And um, I speak often about this, that the highest person, say in a dojo, needs to be the nicest guy in the dojo and should be the first one to um, welcome a new one in the dojo mm -hmm. and not this is a big potato don't talk to him no eye contact and mm. such things and sensei face that's all crap so I try to be as nice as uh, possible talk to everyone if I'm on a this is what I usually do if I'm on a, on a seminar on a new place or somewhere else I go around and shake hands with everyone. 
Before I forget again, the word I was looking for it was imposter. Imposter. Oh yes, imposter. Uh, now you know. <laughs> Sometimes, when I think, I know that Jürgen, my other teacher, uh, has the same feelings. He has black belt ranks in virtually everything. Mm -hmm. He has studied martial arts and university all of his life. He's over 17 now and still a student. Of Ashihara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and on the university. So um, he just lately said, "Do you sometimes feel like an imposter?" I said, "Yes, I do. Sometimes you are so um, in details of something you you think you know, and you are talking about this and that and that and that, and then you realize there's a professional in your group." who has probably studied or makes a living exactly about this, what you are talking about. And then I feel small. Mm. I just had this uh, two weeks ago in Finland where I taught uh, knife defense. Mm -hmm. And of course, in the karate environment, everyone has got his suit and his belt and you can make or see the rankings in their karate skills. But teaching knife defense, we have no idea mm. about what people know or don't know about this. And then there was this elderly gentleman who said, hmm? I, I, I spoke to him and said, you are dealing pretty well with this, uh, with this stuff. And he said, well, I have been a, a military instructor for knife defense for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then there was this imposter moment. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very small. Uh, and after the seminar, two other guys came to me and said, um, yeah, I'm a border patrol officer or used to be. And the other one was a policeman and they knew their business as well. So, yeah, be careful what you talk about. <laughs> <laughs> But they, they praised you, right? They said it was good. We had their knife, knife, knife defense yesterday. Christian was teaching. And uh, although I don't agree on a couple of points, But that's not my expertise, but it was uh, common sense stuff. And I think you've done it pretty well. And like any other system, it either works or you stopped. Thanks for the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yesterday was coming back to the seminar we taught together. Yesterday was fun. I like your approach on Bunkai. Uh, people who like what I do. Of course, at least in Germany, come to seminars because I'm there. And I told them, people, guys, come and see Les Bubka. And um, it was very amazing stuff you did. Thank you. But this one is not about me. Um, yes, but I just <laughs> wanted to turn it a little bit. So not just talking about right. me. So what would be the, be the, the most important thing that you would tell yourself, your young self, when you started doing seminars? What advice would you give? Myself, I give you time to think. For myself, it would be relax. Don't try so hard. Don't try so hard to impress people. Just do what you do and enjoy it. Because when you're enjoying it, the energy bounces and people enjoy it too. If you stress and try it hard, it creates a little bit of a tension in and people see that you're trying too hard. <laughs> That's from me. And you? Hmm. 
most important. Let's let's start with the um, with the advice. Be aware that it takes time. Mm. So, um, the older you get, the more people are willing to listen to you. Um, the older you get, probably the higher your rank gets. I don't know why. No one wants to wanted to listen to me when I was thirty. <laughs> Now I'm getting towards fifty, and yeah, people all ages are willing to listen. So not everyone, but some. <laughs> um, but a very important point for me personally, internally, is I would advise myself organize yourself. So create processes, structures, um, teaching schedules in order not to invent everything again and again and again when you are teaching kind of same or similar um, concepts or things. Like in the beginning when I was asked to do certain bunkai, I did a bunkai, then I forgot what I taught and half a year later someone asks for the for the same kata then i sat down and thought about what can i teach again so that is um, what really helps to have structures and rules and processes and principles and so on and this is what my concept is today so that is the internal thing and the probably most important thing is don't do it for the money or for power um, i don't want to have God damn it <laughs> i don't i don't want to have power in any organization um, since there are then too much influences from outside you mm. have to to deal with to cope with and probably to do things you don't want to do um, and my seminars are not for free and of course I'm asking for a fee if I'm getting somewhere but money is only a side effect I'm not doing it for the money. I do it because I love it, yeah, and, and in the cover expenses and time. So you know, it's it's come all teaching comes always at the cost for your family, time, mm -hmm. and other things. So charge, yeah. <laughs> and I've got some people around me who are um, who I've asked years ago if I change somehow because. I think one one himself does prob doesn't probably notice that he or she changed. So if I change somehow into an asshole, then my close friends will come to me and say, mm, "This behavior was not good. Probably this joke was not good." Or think about that and uh, do this. This is very important to have mm. a filter outside. Yeah, that's why I appreciate um, your of straightforwardness and always giving your honest feedback regardless of my feelings <laughs> okay I think, I think we need to stop we need tissue <laughs> but um the other other advice i would give to myself is something i heard from i think it was matt chapman um who teaches the padwork drill midmaster drill um he said on one of his posts accept that there's three kinds of people those who really like your stuff those who don't care and those who hate hate your stuff regardless what you do 
So don't focus on the negative people. Just accept that's that's the part of the business. Not not mm -hmm. everybody's gonna like you, and some people are gonna be like meh, meh. And uh, <laughs> just focus on those who are happy and there for you, even if it's the like two, three people. Do the best seminar you can do. Enjoy it, <laughs> and it's gonna slowly grow. It's like just like you said, it started with three, four, five people. And now you've got what? What was your biggest seminar? 140, 160 people? 170 last year. Yeah. And uh, this year it was 160. It's a very big dojo near Berlin. Um, that is quite amazing. And fun fact, there are videos uh, on the internet seeing Christina and me teaching this amazing group of 100 kids in a class. And uh, it was a three-part gym this very big big gym and there were kids on the left short side on the long side of the hall and on the right side too and when I explained something all the kids in age between 6 and 11 I think uh, were quiet like in military yeah. and Ger it, German German children uh, try in UK <laughs> uh, yeah probably I don't know but it appears that it's uh, that magic, I'm, magic of karate praxis. Yes, it is. It is. It appears that it's that, but no one sees on this video that the head of the dojo is behind me taking care of that. Everyone is quiet. Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> like with a finger. Yeah, yeah, with the <laughs> finger. And um, he has such a good concept and uh, rule set in his dojo that if he says quiet, please, every kid is quiet. Right. So, but it looks like. It's me, and I'm very happy that I'm it sure looked like that. I'm sure they're going, look, look at that big potato there. It's <laughs> a <laughs> the big potato. Are you speaking about my belly? <laughs> Nobody see it. It's a podcast. <laughs> you're safe. Ah, lucky me. You're safe. You're safe, yeah. Lucky me. Um, and you're going to be soon in UK, aren't you? Um, yes. Will I be? will be back in UK in February, teaching alongside Ian Abanethi. Uh, I think in uh, Mary Stevens' dojo or somewhere in this area. And then in June we're, with you. We're together and can night. So if you can make for both of those seminars, I don't think so. I have to talk about how good Ian is mm -hmm. and Christian. So buy the tickets and go. Just make sure you go first from Ian and I in January. Ah, so <laughs> you go with Ian first. Well, Ian comes to me and we're teaching together. We're deciphering um, kata. So we're going to... Ian going to go first with his principles and I'm going to build that on that one with my three ways of thinking. Ah, so you are teaching the same kata then? No, we're going to just look on the kata principles instead of focusing on one kata. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's cool. That uh, is really, really interesting. So... If I would have time, I would fly over. So, guys, wherever you are listening, um, training with Ian with less is always worth a flight. And um, alongside great training, you will have um, nice company. Yeah, and maybe beer. I see if I can get more beers for the seminar. Uh, yes, a, a beer is the happy ending of a good <laughs> training session. Speaking with a German's voice. <laughs> 
All right, thank you very much. And we're gonna, we just run out of coffee, so it's the desperate moment. <laughs> yes, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the power for talking finished, run out of energy, and we're gonna go and have some apparently really good ice creams over the lake, which I'm not eating sugar, so I'm gonna be looking at them eating ice creams. Oh, joy. Um, yes, this sugar thing is probably a topic of the next podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See you later. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.